welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up our Bible to the book of Philippians and the book of 1 Corinthians. So we are in the second part of a sermon series in... um, Esther, we have negotiations going on in the third pew to go to children's church. I tell you, Christy, if you even want to walk down with them and you know, make sure they're okay, then you know, children's church, we leave it up to mama if they want to go or not. You walk them down. Okay, so. <laughs> so. All right, so. All right, we're opening up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to be looking at in verses 35 through 53. And then we're also going to be looking at our Bibles in Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. We're going to start in the Philippians passage. This is the second part of a three-week sermon series called Heaven Bound. So we're looking at Scripture. We're looking at Bible verses about heaven. And we're basically going to answer three questions in the three weeks. So last week, we looked at the question of what happens when I pass away. Like what immediately occurs when I die. And the answer to that is found in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it teaches us there how we immediately, our soul, the part of our body that lives forever. That is what was created by the Lord that sets us apart from all other creation. That is in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 it immediately goes into the presence of God. So literally, our last breath on earth becomes our first breath in heaven, although we don't breathe in heaven. But if we did breathe in heaven, that's where we go. So you immediately go in presence. But that is not our final state. So our final state of what we call glorification or the resurrected body, that is what we're going to be talking about today. Because probably this is a question that we all kind of wonder, what happens when someone passes away? And what, how, when do we get our final bodies? So, the, the, so that question today, what will our bodies be like in heaven, is what we're going to answer today. And I'm going to show you in these scriptures what it's going to be like. And then next week, our conclusion of this is what will heaven be like? So when we do get to heaven, what's it going to be like there in heaven? So that's, that's this whole uh, three weeks we're looking at what are the circumstances and the events that occur when we uh, look at heaven here. So you're in your Bibles here in Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And in many ways, there's this danger when we think about heaven because a lot of times we're, th- we're thinking about things uh, that where it's what we want, what pleases us, and that's not really uh, what heaven is about. Heaven's is it's really all about us uh, pleasing the Lord. It's all about Him. And we have to be careful because we love the earth, we love our life here, but this is not what we were created for. In fact, death, everything dies. And you all know this, and uh, eventually we all pass away. Even someone who um, has plastic surgery, who's super fit, who makes all wise, healthy eating decisions, they still will pass away. I mean, unless Jesus comes back, it's going to happen. And everything dies. Countries die. Democracy dies. Uh, empires come and go. And it's just, it's, 
animals, it comes and goes. And you, you can even see our country, in many ways, already dying itself. I mean, it's just going to happen. There, nothing is eternal except our salvation in Jesus Christ. And that's why for us, we should long for heaven and not so much the things of this world because Jesus tells us it's, it's going to pass away. It's fleeting. It comes and goes. And one day, it's just going to, like the wind, it's just going to go away. And we need to make sure we are longing for heaven and not uh, for, and earth is not heaven. Heaven is where we are going. You know, many of the great songs of the Christian faith are actually all about heaven. You think about Blessed Assurance, the song, When We All Get to Heaven, Rock of Ages, It Is Well With My Soul, Soon and Very Soon, I'll Fly Away, Heaven Came Down, When the Roll Is Called Up Yonder. All these songs here are all about heaven. And we sing about this, much of uh, music we are singing here, you're singing about something greater. So we know that is our goal of where, of where we are headed. So what happens when we pass away? This is what happens for a believer before we read the Scripture. We die, and our soul, the part that is made in the image of God, it immediately goes to heaven with the Lord. So right there, right off the bat, we are with the Lord. And then number two, so we're with the Lord, but we are not in our final completed state because we are awaiting the second coming of Jesus. So at the second coming, our physical bodies are then reunited with our souls. So God gives us a new body. Now this new body, we call it a lot of different phrases in Scripture. It's used, I have this up on the screen, we use the word interchangeably, use the word glorification, resurrected body. And the reason it's called resurrected body, our final body, is because just like Jesus, He came up from the grave, He arose, his body, we're going to see here in the Bible, when we read the Bible, will be like our body. Our body will be like His. We will have a resurrected body just like Jesus. Also, the word final state, immortality, spiritual body, those are all interchangeable words talking about the same thing. And that thing is your final state, your glorified, resurrected body after the second coming, that you have received, that you are going to live for, for eternity. That is God's plan for us. That's what will happen. Now, many of you are sitting here saying, what about the rapture of the church? True. The Bible teaches us that there will be a tribulation. And it's a seven-year event where there will be the rise of the Antichrist. And there, there is one verse particular in our Bibles. I have it up here on the screen. It's Romans 3.10. It's probably the best verse to advocate for a, tribu- or for a rapture. Rapture means you're taken out of this world. There is a biblical evidence to show that there, you could, we could as Christians be removed from the earth for seven years when the Antichrist comes to power. And I'll read that Bible verse for you. So if you ever want to go back and look at it, you write it down. Revelation 3.10. This here is with when John wrote a letter to a church called Philadelphia that was under, undergoing persecution. And he says, Because you have kept my commands to endure, I will also keep you from the hour of testing. That phrase, the hour of testing, 
that is a, that is a reference there in Revelation 3.10 to what also Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 24, the great tribulation or the great distress upon the, upon the world. Keep you for the hour of testing that is going to come on the whole world to test those who live on the earth. So there's a possibility we could be removed for seven years from earth to be kept from the hour of testing. So that could be going on. But that will occur before Jesus comes back. So for us as Christians, you know, you've been saved, you're born again, you're awaiting uh, either the rapture of the church where you're going to be taken away for seven years while the rise of the Antichrist because things will be so bad here on earth or you're awaiting the second coming of Christ. This is what the Bible teaches us what's going to happen. So, for, so then after Jesus comes back, you receive your final glorified body. At that point, you then have this resurrected body for eternity. And what's interesting, in the book of Revelation, it actually teaches that there will be a 1,000 millennial year reign on earth with Christ. And what that means is you will be with Jesus here on earth without the presence of the devil for 1,000 years. Then after that, the, the devil is thrown into the lake of fire for eternity, and then the new Jerusalem comes down, this is Revelation chapter 21, and we live with Jesus forever. So that's the process of what's happening. So we as Christians today, we need to be aware that we, our soul immediately goes into the presence of God, but we will not have our final glorified body until Jesus comes back again. All these other details, the rapture of the church, the rise of the Antichrist, what heaven's going to be, be like, uh, what's going to be like for the 1,000 millennial year reign with Christ, we might not know all of those details because that's, that's a question for the Lord about all, exactly what all of that's going to happen. But we need to be ready and have the assurance that we will receive this new body that will be, uh, it will not have any sin, a part of it. It will be like Jesus' resurrected body. And not only that, it will be, um, it will not die. It will live on for eternity. So that's what we're about to see here. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven. Look, up what, look what the Bible says here. We eagerly wait for a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's writing to us, telling us that our citizenship, our, our hope, it's actually in heaven. It's not here. We are waiting for them. He will transform the body. So what that means is there's going to be a transformation that's going to happen. We're transformed two times in our life. When you get saved, when you trust in Jesus as your Savior, you walk this aisle and pray to receive Jesus Christ, you are immediately transformed. That's what it means to be born again. But then at the second coming, when Christ comes back again, we are transformed again. And that, that is when we receive our final glorified bodies. And that's what he's talking about here in verse 21. He will transform the body of, of our humble condition, that's our condition now, into the likeness of His glorious body. We will be like Jesus by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. So it's very clear what's going to happen. 
<coughs> Jesus explains to us the second coming is a time of transformation. <coughs> so flip over in your Bible here to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is the longer passage we're about to read. Now this passage here is when Paul is writing, and it's, this is not about the rapture of the church. This passage is solely about, because we're going to get into this phrase where it talks about the twinkling of an eye. Twinkling of an eye is a reference to Jesus' second coming. And we will immediately receive our final glorified bodies. So you're in your Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? So that's us today. That's the question we're answering. You fool. And we don't, we don't speak to the Lord that way. You fool. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And again, Bible teaches everything dies. And as for what you sow, are you not sowing the body that will be, but only a seed, perhaps of wheat or another grain? But God gives it a body as He wants, and to each of the seeds its own body. Not all flesh is the same flesh. There is one flesh for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. Basically, we're going to have a new, new type of, of body in heaven. That's what he's saying here. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly ones. So Paul is making a distinction. There's folks here on earth that have an earthly body that is dying. And ever since what occurred in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, the world is slowly dying out. And we, everything that dies, we're seeing the effects of sin. I mean, you look at, I mean, and not just people, uh, things die apart. Marriages die, uh, uh, animals die. Uh, I mean, uh, companies that maybe once flourishing decades ago, they, they fizzle out, they die away. I mean, it's just what happens. Death is sadly part of sin, of what occurred in Genesis chapter 3. So he goes on to say here, There is splendor of the sun, another of the moon, another of the stars. In, in fact, one star is different from another star. It's splendor. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. Sown in corruption, raised in incorruption. This is why the work of Jesus is so important to us. This is why we always talk about what Jesus did on the cross, what Jesus did coming out of the grave on Easter morning. He came up so we could live. He's showing new life in Christ. That phrase, new life in Christ, is a running theme throughout all of the New Testament. We are saved by what Jesus did at the resurrection. He defeated death. Sown in dishonor, Raised in glory. Sown in weakness. Raised in power. Again, this is the work of Christ. Sown in a natural body. Raised in a spiritual body. So a spiritual body is one that we receive at the, at, the res, at the second coming. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, became a life-giving spirit. That's a quote there Paul's quoting from Genesis 2-7. He's saying Adam was a living being. From Everyone came from Adam and Eve. But then everyone died from Adam and Eve. 
But then from Jesus, when we're born again, the, the second Adam, Christ, He's a life-giving Spirit. We don't die when we come to Christ. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual, meaning you have to die. The natural body dies, and it's the spiritual body that saves you. The first man was from the earth, the man of dust. The second man is from heaven. Jesus, by the way, stepped out of heaven. He came from heaven to earth to die so we can be saved. Just like the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. Like the man of heaven are those who are from heaven. And Paul's saying here, there's two types of people. You're either you're following Adam, a man of dust, and you will die, and you have not been born again. And the Bible teaches you go into eternal hell separated from God. But the man born of heaven are those of heaven. This is why it's so important for us to make sure there's a laser focus that we communicate to people, to our friends and our family, that they need to be saved. Do you know, I was talking to someone this week, and they were struggling with witnessing to someone who they know is lost. And it's hard to tell someone about Jesus. But think about it. If you, we do not tell people how to be saved, that they need to go to church, that they need to hear the Word of God, could you imagine them passing away? And then they go to hell and they wonder, why did my friend, my family member, who claims they love me, not take the time to teach and tell me how to be saved? When we fail to teach people the truth, we are not being a good friend or a good family member to them. We're condemning them. We have the truth. We know what gives new life. We know what the Bible's saying here. We're born of the man of heaven, Jesus. And our mission, until Christ comes back, if we're saved, is to share this good news with others. That's what Paul's doing here in this letter. He's pleading with these people. And we use every method possible to tell people and teach people why they need to get saved. And it goes on to say, verse 49, And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, and that's how we all are today, that's the image of Adam, we will also bear the image of the man born of heaven. Meaning, yeah, you've, you're created like Adam and Eve, but you need to be created in the image of Christ. That's who's most important for us. Now, this second section, we're about to go. These, last, these next four or five verses here. The Bible's going to be very clear in teaching us that we are going to immediately, it's going to happen suddenly, and we're immediately going to receive our glorified body. When Jesus does something, He doesn't do it casually. When, this, when Jesus was born, He immediately stepped into the world, called everyone off guard at the birth of Jesus. Not only that, when Jesus died, He immediately, He died right away. They were even surprised how fast He passed away. Sunday morning, three days later, He came up from the grave. He arose. He immediately did that. It's not a process or it's something hard for Him to do. So when Christ comes back, we are immediately transformed. Bible teaches us when we are saved, we're immediately transformed into a believer. It's not a process. When you trust Jesus, at that moment, He saves you. His arm is not too short. He's not too, he's not too weak to save anyone. And I want to tell you, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what type of addiction, no matter what your problem, no matter what your family situation, the power of the Gospel can 
redeem and save anyone from any situation, no matter what the family problems, what the addictions are, Jesus' power is sufficient. He can answer any prayer, no matter what you're going on. It's a total trust in the Lord with His power. Now look what, look what the Bible teaches us here. Verse 50. We're going to read 50 through 53. These will be the last verses we read this morning. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So that means this flesh that we're in blood that we have right now is not going to heaven with us. No matter how much we want. One of the most challenging things, we talked about this last week, for us, especially if is, is relig- uh, releasing control as you age. Because you realize, I can't take this with me. I can't control people. I can't tell people what to do. You just you lose it. Aging and death have such a grip and a power over us. And you, you're, as you age, you're witnessing how little control you have as it just it, it goes away. And all we can do is we ultimately, we give an account for our own personal life. We stand before the Lord for our own sin. When someone gets saved, you don't get saved because your children uh, are, got saved or because mom and daddy encouraged you to do it. You get saved because you feel the Lord has been moving in your life and you need to respond to Him. He is the one who saves you. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Meaning there's a difference. Paul's making a distinction here. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. Meaning not everyone's even going to die. Fall asleep, he's not talking about taking a nap. He's talking about everybody's going to die. But all of us, no matter if we're alive or dead, we will all be changed. And here's the change he's talking about. Here's the second coming. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. Christ will be raised. He will raise us incorruptible, like His body. We are changed that fast. And we will be changed for this incorruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility. And this mortal body will be clothed with immortality. Paul is telling us, in this immediate twinkling of an eye, it will happen. That's how we will receive our final glorified bodies. That When we use the phrase resurrected body, when we use the phrase glorified body, that's all talking about this same event. It's all one body it's after the second coming, and it's like Jesus, and it never dies. So then we eventually, we go after the thousand-year millennial reign with Christ, we will find ourselves in heaven with the Lord. And at that time, we will live forever in that body. The body doesn't die. The body has no sin. There isn't, um, uh, there, there's no sorrow. There's no memory of bad things that we did here on earth. There's no uh, uh, proneness to shortcomings. We are there like Jesus. Created for Jesus. It is easy for us 
to practice taking time for our own bodies. But what's more important is not taking care of our bodies, it's soul care. Making sure, God, am I, am I in a right relationship with you? Do I wake up daily and serve and live for you? Christ, do I look for opportunities to tell other people about you? That's what it means to grow closer to the Lord. That's what Jesus looks for us to do. Us sitting around trying to make sure we look good and be skinny and be number one and plastic surgery, whatever it is, that's, that's not, this doesn't last, Paul's saying. The Bible's saying you're going to be changed. You're, first of all, you're going to die, and then second coming, you're going to be changed. You're going to get a body like Christ. Heaven is a restoration of the Garden of Eden. That's what heaven is. We are making a giant circle of that. And that's at the very end of the Bible. In, in Revelation chapter 21, it talks about the new Jerusalem coming down. What didn't happen in Eden will be fulfilled through Jesus Christ in the new Jerusalem. Because of sin, all of this had to occur. So this morning, we answer the question, what will our bodies be like. They will be like Jesus Christ. His resurrected body. He defeated death. He had holes in His hand. I believe in heaven we will see Him and He will still have those holes in His hand. Those scars will be there. They're in His feet as well. And we will be like Him. Now we won't have scars. The Bible teaches us we will be perfect. But we identify with Christ because He is the one who's able to restore us to what our bodies are going to be like. Now this morning, we look at this passage and what's most important for us is not wondering, what is my body going to be like? When will this occur? For us as Christians, we need to make sure that we are in a right relationship with God and then we are trying to lead other people to that same relationship that we have. And if you are here and you are not saved, what is imperative for you this morning is that you trust in Jesus as your Savior. You run to the cross. You run to Jesus saying, God, I want to make sure that whether the rapture happens, I pass away, or Jesus comes back, I am ready to meet you. We don't think about it a lot. But did you wake up this morning thinking, did Jesus, Jesus is going to come back today? Am I going to pass away? Most likely we don't. We think about all the things we need to do. When the Lord is he's longing for us to think about, could today be the day that I meet Jesus? And I want to tell you, if you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, what it means to get saved is when you say, Lord, I'm crying and calling out to you. I realize I'm a sinner. The greatest, we've talked about before, the greatest challenge we have here in Lexington is convincing the people we know that they're even lost. No one thinks they're lost. There's nothing wrong with anyone. Everyone's perfect here in our city. And you have to convince them that they need Jesus. And then they meet Jesus. And Christ changes them here on earth. And then He changes them again with their final glorified body. We will undergo two transformations. One here on earth when we get saved, and another one when Jesus comes back, when we're in heaven, when we receive our final body. That's the transformations that Jesus does. And that second transformation is eternal. We eternally live 
with the Lord in heaven. This morning I ask you, are you saved? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? If you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, you read the Scripture, you, you hear about a twinkling of an eye, how suddenly it happens when Christ suddenly convicts you of sin. You know, there's many times, one of the ways people get saved <clears throat> is it happens suddenly. God moves in your life, you realize you need to respond, and you do it. When God is speaking to you, you never want to delay. You say, Lord, I am here to respond to you. Because we are, are not promised tomorrow. I'm going to bow their heads. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Beecher and our band, Danielle, they're going to come forward. They're going to lead us in our, our song of invitation. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to think about, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want you to think about where you stand in your relationship with God. Are you saved? Are you ready for Christ to come back? And if you have never made that decision, and it is a decision, you decide to follow Jesus. It's not an emotional response. You are making a decision. That, Lord, you have spoken to me, and now I am going to respond to you. If you've never done that, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And you follow along and pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you cry and call out to God, and He saves. I want you to pray this prayer. This is what the Bible calls the sinner's prayer. Everyone who called to the Lord will be saved. That's what Romans 10.13 tells us. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Lord, transform me. Lord, save me. Jesus, I'm yours. From this day on, I'm going to live for you and tell others about you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. The Bible teaches us, if you prayed and received Jesus as your Savior, listen, folks, you are saved. Your name is written in the book of life, the book of Revelation teaches us. And the best time to get saved, I believe, is at church, at church service. You just trust in Jesus. You come to church, you're confronted with the good news, the gospel, Jesus saves you, and you make it public. And we're going to do that now. If you prayed and received Jesus this morning, I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. And you pray and receive Jesus, you come forward and take my hand, and uh, Zach Bauer's hand, we, we stand up here. You make it public. And say, I'm ready to follow Jesus. Your next step, if you got saved, is believer's baptism. And you say, I need to get baptized because I'm now a new believer. I want to tell you, this is also our time we join our church. If, if you are already saved and you've never joined Broadway, you walk forward, take my hand, and say, we want to become members of this wonderful Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. So Zach, you come stand down here with me. The band's going to lead us in our song. Zach, I understand forward. You respond to the Jesus this morning.